Warning, this podcast may contain language that is not suitable for all audiences. Discretion is advised, but will be completely ignored. Welcome to episode number dos of Money's Crazy Mind, the podcast about everything and nothing all at the same time. I am your host, Lee Money, and hi. Welcome to this week's edition of the show. Uh, This is kind of an impromptu, not really what was supposed to happen edition of the show. Um, Due to a scheduling error that kind of came out of nowhere, um, I had to change this week's episode of the show so next week next week we're going to have a guest on and probably for two weeks if I can convince him to help me talk about another topic that is one of his all time favorite topics and one of his all time favorite things so I'm thinking I might be able to just sit there and go pretty peace peace but next week Roger Preby director and creator uh, he didn't write the script, but he did come up with the idea for the story of a cool little movie that's out there. It's really funny um, if you are into the Kevin Smith style of comedy, or you like comic books, or you like really fun love stories, then this is the movie for you. We're going to be talking about his feature film, which wasn't originally supposed to be a feature film, which wasn't originally supposed to be a YouTube TV show, which was... was it, it, This thing has been so many different things. We're going to talk about all of that next week right here on Money's Crazy Mind. We're going to be talking to my buddy, Roger Preby, all about his movie, Quarterbin. Um, we'll have links to where you can buy it. And we'll even have a special link to where you can see what Quarterbin was originally supposed to be. But that's next week. This week, we're going to have a little bit of like a grind my gears kind of uh, scenario today. And I'm really disappointed in DC Comics. Like their stories for the last couple of years have been way better than Marvel's. Tom King has been doing a phenomenal job with Batman. Um, Heroes in Crisis is a really good story. Um, you know, And they're in the middle of this huge event. They're actually coming towards the end of a huge event. But they're in this event called Doomsday Clock. And this thing was supposed to end last year. And it's not. It's not over yet. We've still got three issues to go. And issue 10 was supposed to come out this past Wednesday, April 27th, or April 24th, I'm sorry. And then I said, oh, we're pushing it back to May 5th. Oh, we're pushing it back even further. 
Now it's pushed back all the way to May 22nd, which is when episode or issue 11 was supposed to come out. And it's like, all right, what the hell's going on here? So, you know, I, 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 I did some investigating. And the person who's writing it, uh, Jeff Johns, who wrote Flashpoint, which this is kind of the sequel to Flashpoint, but it's also a sequel to The Watchmen. And they're integrating the Watchmen characters into the regular DC universe. Plus, they've introduced a few new characters. I love the story. The story is so cool. And there's a lot of the Alan Moore influence when it comes to the Watchmen. And there's a lot of the Jeff Johns influence when it comes to the DC part of it. And... You know, I, I love the story. I, I can't wait to see how it ends. I can't wait to see, you know, where they're going with it. But it's also supposed to fix the Flashpoint screw-up. It's supposed to revert everything back to where heroes have been on the Earth and have been revered and have been celebrated for more than five years, which is what happened after Flashpoint when... DC relaunched every character, redid everything with the new 52. This is supposed to fix that and is supposed to give an explanation as to how it happened. And obviously, you know, if you believe in the butterfly effect, which I do, I actually did a project about the butterfly effect and in mathematical nonlinear equations for college. And a lot of it, you know, dealing with the nonlinear equations and everything like that, it, 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 it um it made a little bit of sense and hell i mean the fucking ian malcolm from jurassic park definitely believes in it and was able to kind of prove some of it in that tiny little scene of the movie now so you look at flashpoint you see what eobard thawne was telling barry allen the flash you know by going back and making it so that i never killed your mother um and that, you know, your mom lives. And obviously, this is nothing new to anybody. You know, if you've read the Flashpoint comic book, if you've seen the DC original movie, uh, Flashpoint Paradox, if you've seen the Flash TV show, that has been a constant in all three versions of the story. Barry Allen went back in time to save his mother from being murdered by Eobard Thawne, the reverse Flash, or Zoom, depending on which version of the story you you know with that said by changing that he changed the future he never became the flash the accident at the lab never happened you know he never invented the speed force he never did all these things that set the event into motion that created eobard thawne in the future Batman is not Bruce Wayne. Batman is Thomas Wayne. His father, Bruce, is the one that got murdered. His mother becomes the Joker. You know, I mean, there, there's all these different things that were changed. Superman was a prisoner of the United States government and never got his powers. These are all things that were changed due to Barry Allen's choice to go back in time and save his mother. You know, Back to the Future t teaches us that this is completely impossible. You've created a major time paradox. 
You know, George McFly is murdered. Biff is the richest man in the world and forced his uh, Marty McFly's mom to marry him. But yet somehow, you know, Marty is still existence. Oh, wait, that's right, because, you know, they still met in high school. They still got married in high school. Biff did all this afterwards, blah, blah, blah. You know, there's there's all these different things that can prove the events of time uh, of, of Flashpoint. That That's all I'm saying. You know, but then if you go back even further into the 80s, to Watchmen and you you read the last issue of Watchmen or the last chapter of Watchmen depending on if you have the trade paperback or you have the actual individual issues um Dr. Manhattan the big blue naked dude was very disappointed and you know said I'm going to my own galaxy where I can you know spin the inhabitants there, no matter how, how I, however I see fit, not no matter what, but however I see fit. So, you know, so far in the Doomsday Clock story, Doctor Manhattan has kind of sat there and said, "Yeah, I, I fucked with everybody, and I, I'm the one who's been changing things." So, you know, we, I'm very interested to see how this is going to end. You know, are the characters from the Watchmen? you know, going to become regular visitors in the DC universe, you know, are they, you know, how are they going to collapse the Flashpoint? Is this going to be kind of like another uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, Final Crisis, Infinite Crisis, you know, Crisis, 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 you know, and is Heroes in Crisis going to tie into this some way? Now, there's only one issue left of Heroes in Crisis, and it has actually tied into the regular storyline of the DC characters that are kind of involved. It's it's involved Batman, it's involved Flash, it's involved, um, you know, the Trinity. Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, um, you know, there's a lot of players in play here. And it's starting to tie back into the actual Tom King Batman story, which kind of makes sense since Tom King is also writing Heroes in Crisis. So, DC has all these great events going on. Heroes in Crisis is coming out on a regular schedule the way it's supposed to be. Doomsday Clock, however, is not. It's been pushed back and pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. And there's stories that are happening within, you know, the DC characters that are, ha- you know, that are involved. Superman, Batman, Lex Luthor, um, the Joker's even made an appearance. You know, there's all these stories that are going on that have already kind of tied into the regular stories in the what used to be the Rebirth story, which is what Flashpoint and Doomsday Clock were leading towards. When they started the Rebirth thing after Justice League 52, or actually 50, um, you know, there was a story, a, a, a one-shot, you know, bigger story that came out called DC Universe Rebirth. And that's where you start to figure out that there is some strange character in play here that, you know, may be responsible for a lot of the things that have happened. And at the end of the Rebirth story, the comedian, one of the characters from Watchmen, uh, his button, his Watchmen button, the smiley face button with the blood drip on it, that's iconic to Watchmen lore, appears in the Batcave. And... 
you know, Batman's trying to figure out who it is, what it is, who who's involved with it. Um, he even talks to, you know, he brings the Flash in. They get on the cosmic treadmill, and then they find themselves back in the world of Flashpoint, which is how, you know, everybody finds out that Flashpoint gets involved in this. The reverse Flash, or Zoom, uh, gets back involved. You know, so, I mean, there's all these big, huge stories churning into each other, and by this being delayed and constantly being delayed, you're losing the fan interest. It's like, you know, DC Metal, uh, DC or Dark Knight's Metal, when that story was happening, you know, there was no. We knew that the issue was going to be out on, on, on time every week. I think there might have been one or two that were delayed. But that had nothing to do with artist or story. It it was a, oops, you know, we fucked up on the calendar kind of thing by DC. You know, and, and Doomsday Clock is not the only story that this is happening to, but Doomsday Clock has such implications on the regular storylines of the biweekly or monthly stories that DC is doing right now that it's affecting Tom King. It's affecting uh, Brian Michael Bendis. It's it's affecting the people writing Flash. It's affecting the people writing Wonder Woman. It's affecting all these different stories because of the implications that that, that Doomsday Clock has on the story. You know, and looking at a lot of the events that have been happening in the DC Universe since the announcement of Doomsday Clock, I mean, you have Watchmen, you have Flashpoint, you have the DC Rebirth Special, you have the the, the four-issue crossover between Flash and Batman, the button, Superman Reborn, that storyline that spanned from Action Comics 973 into Superman 18, Action Comics 974, Action Comics 975, Superwoman number 8, and Superman 19, and Action Comics 976. That is a pretty significant story arc here. I mean, we're talking 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 different issues. And then you have the Oz effect, where uh, Jor-El, Superman's Kryptonian father, comes back. You know... That was Action Comics 985 to 992. So again, that that is a significant story arc that all has implications that involve Doomsday Clock. And then you have Detective Comics, A Lonely Place of Living, which is kind of a weird sequel to A Lonely Place of Dying where Robin was killed by the Joker. And, you know, that's Detective Comics 963 through 968. So again, that's another five-issue story arc. And then the annual... Uh, the annual, I don't remember what year it was from, but it says annual number one. So we're guessing 2016. So that kind of tells you how long this story has been brewing. You know, and then you have Panic in the Multiverse, the Justice League of America story, issues 12 through 17, and then Doomsday Clock. That's that's a significant amount of stories that are being affected by this. And I know that I only, only really mentioned Flash, Batman, and Superman, but the ripple effect that comes out of this or the butterfly effect that's going to come out of this is going to affect the entire DC universe, or at least we think it is. And, um, you know, yes, I, I sound like a pissed off, bitter fan, but I have reason to be because I've invested a lot of myself emotionally and financially for that matter into the doomsday clock story. And I'm a huge Watchmen fan. I, you know, I have a Batman tattoo, you know, I love Superman. I'm from Cleveland, so Superman's kind of like our 
forgotten, well, not forgotten son, but he's, he's, you know, our superhero because he was created right here in Cleveland by two Clevelanders. Um, you know, so that's significant for me. And I, and you know, I'm, I'm proud to say that we have, you know, our superhero Superman. And I'm finding connections all over the place to the new 52. I didn't read much of the new 52, but there's the justice league origin story from the new 52 that you can even add into the implications of flashpoint of the, the doomsday clock of, you know, all of that. And then also the story that happens right before the DC universe rebirth, um, special, the, the dark side wars, which is what ended the quote unquote new 52 storyline. You know, and it even says right in DC universe rebirth, this story takes place right after the events of justice league 50 and Superman 52. So, you know, while researching why Doomsday Clock issue 10 of 12 was pushed back so far, you're finding out that a lot of Jeff Johns stuff is being pushed back. So, while, yes, as a fan, I'm angry, you know, I also am sitting here going, oh, man, you know, I hope Jeff Johns is okay. And there's nothing too serious because, you know, every project he's working on is being pushed back. And, and that's never cool and that's never fun. You know, and this isn't the only DC title that this happened to. Um, when they started their Black Label initiative, which was supposed to be more alternative, more adult-based stories, you know, Swamp Thing was going to uh, live there. Um, some of the old Vertigo titles were going to be over there as well. Um, and also the really awesome story, Batman White Knight, was going to get a trade revisioning there and was going to be released under Black Label. And the person that wrote it was very disappointed because he found out that um, Batman Damned was going to include nudity. And when he asked about uh, White Knight, which did have one tiny little panel of nudity originally when he was drawing it and writing it, um, DC said, absolutely not. Cover it with a word balloon. So he did. Um, and he asked that when the book was going to be released under black labels, since, you know, these are going to be more adult titles and there's really no restrictions, um, you know, can we put the nudity back into that one tiny panel of White Knight? And DC said, nope, it's going to be released as it originally was. So he wasn't very happy about that. And understandably so. I mean, and you know, you, you want, you, you wrote it to include it. And now, you know, they're telling you, no, it can't be there. So yeah, that, that kind of stinks. Um, you know, and then when Batman Dam came out, the first issue came out, 
and it's now one of those chase books because DC has announced that they're not doing an, a second printing and any digitals or trades that come out of the story Batman yeah, are going to be edited to not include this one panel mm, sorry three panels of nudity um, that caused such a ruckus for people in um, in so much that it got its own hashtag hashtag bat penis um, and there was supposed to be nudity throughout the three books and DC pushed back the second issue to scrub it of nudity and have uh, Vermejo go through and you know redraw the pages that originally had the nudity to remove the nudity and issue three has actually been pushed back now three times um, it was originally supposed to come out in May now it's not looks like it may not be coming out until June um, and you would assume it would be for the same reason now I mean the profanity is just all over the place in in the books Way much more in two than it was in one, but it's very, very clear where the nudity was supposed to be in issue two. Um, but, uh, you know, Batman Damned is such a great story that, you know, it didn't really need the nudity. But just knowing it was supposed to be there you know, kind of makes you go, God damn, like, like how fucking, you know, why you, you called it black label. They were supposed to be adult, more adult oriented books, more, you know, contemporary, more alternative. And, you know, Swamp Thing has had profanity and nudity for years. Cause you know, so are you going to do the same thing to Swamp Thing or is it just because it's Batman and right now, Batman is your cash cow because the Tom King run of Batman is selling like gangbusters, or at least it was up until issue 50 when you screwed up and released the storyline four days before the book was released, which pissed a lot of people off and caused a lot of comic book stores across the country to lose sales because of it. Not just, you know, walk-ins that would have bought the book because, hey, it's issue 50, but it's all it was also supposed to be... Um, the wedding of Batman and Catwoman. Um, but, you know, a lot of people that, you know, are A, getting the book on a two-week basis, you know, every twice monthly. Um, or B, you know, people that ordered it because it is issue 50 and it is supposed to be, you know, the wedding issue and and, and all that. Um, but you release the story to the New York Times, to, to Bleeding Cool News, to Bloody Disgusting, to all these different places. And while some people took the high road and said, you know what, we don't want to spoil the story, but just know that there is, you know, something big that's going to happen in issue 50 of Batman, and it's not the wedding. Um, you know, some people did take the high road and did that and said, you know, read the book for yourself. While the New York Times decided to do a panel-by-panel -panel reveal and spoiler of the entire story. Tom King 
was on the Word Balloon podcast around the time that it was going on, and he flat out said, I had nothing to do with this. I didn't know that Dan DiDio and the powers that be at DC were going to do this. You know, so, I mean, DC stories are great right now. You know, the Brian Michael Bendis Superman is selling like crazy, and he's also writing action comics, too. He started right after issue 1000. Um, you know, and they're, and the story is really cool. It's, it's interesting. I know a lot of people that are reading Superman right now that love it, while others that may not be Brian Michael Bendis fans don't love it so much. You know, I mean, to each their own. You know, we each have our own version of each superhero that we like. I, I do actually like the art style that Greg Capullo and Scott Snyder started of Batman in the New 52. And I love the Tom King story that he's writing right now. And he's the first person to write Superman, or I'm sorry, Batman, since the New 52 uh, when it was Scott Snyder. So, you know, DC's got the edge right now because their stories are really, really good. And they're fixing a lot of the mistakes, or at least trying to fix a lot of the mistakes, that a lot of fans think were made with the New 52, with Flashpoint, and with all that. But they're also kind of alienating the audience that's looking forward to that because of the delays. And because, you know, this story was supposed to end a year ago. And now here we are almost two years later, and the story still hasn't ended. And, you know, things are starting to happen, like I, like we, you know, like I said earlier, things are starting to happen in the regular titles that are tying into this that, you know, some fans are going, well, where the hell is this mentioned if they're not reading Doomsday Clock? And I would hope, you know, that, like they have with, um you know, with Heroes in Crisis, with the most recent crossover between Batman and Flash, which does actually kind of go back to the button and does kind of tie into Flash or uh, Doomsday Clock a little bit. Um, you know, you have these things happening where, you know, the stories are starting to mesh. And if you don't, and if fans aren't reading Doomsday Clock, they have no idea where this is coming from. And you know, while they say, "Hey, look back at the button," they're not saying, "But also look at Doomsday Clock." You know, so I really wish DC would stop alienating, you know, the the, the Doomsday Clock audience, and you know, just be like, you know, hey. This is what's going on with Jeff Johns. Maybe he's spread too thin between his, you know, writing duties with Doomsday Clock and, you know, the the show that he's the executive, you know, that he's producing for DC Nation or DC Universe, plus the other books that he's working on, you know, and he's spread too thin or whatever, you know, or, you know, maybe there's some kind of major tragedy happening in Jeff John's life that just hasn't been revealed to us yet. And, uh, you know, if there is anything going on with Jeff, um, you know, I do wish him the best in everything. Um, he is one of my more favorite writers from the DC side of things. And, um, I really do hope everything's okay.
you know, so that's kind of my bitch. You know, with, with Batman Dam, with Doomsday Clock. You know, and books have been kind of pushed back a little bit, but, you know, they got really ambitious with this twice-monthly thing that they've been doing since um, since Rebirth. You know, and, and that can cause problems. You know, and that can cause problems, and I get that. Um, you know, Batman 50 was released on the 4th of July, but I didn't know a single comic book shop anywhere near me that was going to be open on the 4th of July. So it's just like, well, and that's another reason, another reason why, you know, DC screwed up big time in letting the New York Times run that story two days, three days, four days before the book was released. The book was supposed to be released on the 4th of July when you knew that 90% of the of the comic book stores nationwide were not going to open for the 4th of July holiday. Now, some stores, some of the more bigger-name stores, did a midnight special for Batman 50, where the book was out at midnight and they stayed open for like two or three hours. But, you know, I'm sorry, I work nights. I'm not going to wake up at midnight and drive to a comic book store that I don't like, that I don't like the people that work there because every time I've gone in there, they've treated me like I don't know what the hell I'm talking about um, to pick up a book that I know I can pick up the next day. So there's that. You know, so obviously, yeah, I'm a little bit more of a DC fan than I am a Marvel fan. You know, I do love all the Marvel movies, the Marvel TV shows, but their books have gotten kind of cumbersome over the years. And I was getting a Marvel book for a while. I was actually getting a couple Marvel books, but then all of a sudden, you know, a six-issue limited story becomes, well, if you really want the whole story, not only do you have to read the six issues that comprise the main story, but you also want to pick this book up, and then you're going to want to pick this book up, and then you're going to pick this book up, and this book, 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 and a six-issue limited series turned out to be a 25-issue run, and I'm kind of just like, you know what, Mm, I think I'm just going to get the six-issue limited series, thanks, because your books are hella overpriced, and that's happened twice, you know, I got the Death of X, and then I got X-Men versus the Inhumans, And it was the same thing. Well, you know, you can just get the six issues or 12 issue limited run. But then there's also these stories that you can get as well. And I said, nope, just give me the six issue limited run. And I'm not talking about the same comic book store. You know, this is just my, that is my impersonation of the Marvel comic book sitting here saying, there's these other stories as well. You need those, too. And then I was also getting Deadpool and Spider-Man, or Spider-Man Deadpool, whichever way you want to put it. And there were there was a story in there. Um, and that was a pretty much self-contained book. There was no overlap between the Deadpool story or the Spider-Man story until they got about to issue 25, 26, 27, and they started this story called uh, Till Deadpool Us Part. Um, and that went into 
Deadpool and Deadpool Merc with a mouth and Deadpool and the Mercs and Deadpool and this and then Spider-Man and then this and that and blah 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 And I'm like, okay, great. Now I can't finish the story because I don't get any of those books. And since it had been a self-contained book, I didn't even think about it. You know, it wasn't one that I read on a more consistent basis like I do um, Batman. Um, you know, and so I didn't re- realize it until I got to that point. And I'm like, shit, I need all these other books. So I reached out to somebody who's a huge Deadpool fan, and I'm like, dude, where does the rest of these stories lie? And he, you know, was very happy to give me the whole fucking rundown. Cool, great, thanks. You know, and I grabbed some digital copies of it, you know, and uh, went on and, you know, read that story, got back into Deadpool Spider-Man, and then seven issues later, they're doing the same thing again. I walked into my comic book shop, and I'm like, you know what? I'm done with Spider-Man Deadpool. Now, all of a sudden, they're becoming every other title that Marvel has where you have to read every incantation of this, you know, frickin' book. You know, I mean, there's seven different X-Men books. Why do we need seven X-Men books? I mean, this shit makes no sense to me, Marvel. Your books are more expensive by almost two to three dollars than any other publisher in the world. And here's proof. I have Spawn, the last Spawn that just came out. Um, and it's a virgin cover, so it doesn't have the price on it. But I'm pretty sure this was a $3.99 book. Star Trek Year 5, brand new story that's starting by IDW. $3.99. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, 93 released by IDW. Three ninety nine. Uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Anniversary one shot. Actually, the the IDW one shot, IDW twenty twenty. That was the TMNT story. That's four ninety nine. But it's a one shot, and it's bigger than a regular issue. Here's another uh, the Ghost the Extreme Ghostbusters one shot that I talked about on my Ghostbusters thirty fifth anniversary special. That's three ninety nine. So that's the price of a regular comic book. And let's see, Heroes in Crisis number 8. This is a limited series. But DC's consistent with IDW and, and Image. $3.99. Boom Studios, Power Rangers number 38. $3.99. And then the last book I got, because it's almost 100 pages, I think this is an 80-page giant, Detective Comics 1000. Um, the, my guy forgot to give me the... the um, the Frank Miller cover that I had originally ordered. So this is $9.99, uh, $10, because it's, you know, about four comic books in one. Marvel's books, when I stopped getting them, some of the titles were going up to five ninety nine monthly. Or some were even more than that. Now, looking at the, the, the three different publishers that I... Well, here, let's see, I have a couple... Uh, regular DC books here. Uh, Super uh, Batman sixty nine, the last one to come out, first one for the month of May, three ninety nine. You know, so DC is pretty consistent, and they just recently raised the price on their books. They were two ninety nine for a while. 
the 399 thing only happened not too long ago. So, I mean, there's consistency unless your name is Marvel. Then your books are almost twice what everybody else is charging. And it it's kind of ridiculous. It, it's like, so because you're owned by Mickey Mouse and because you have you think you have the power to do that, that you're just going to sit there and overcharge your readers and then give them crappy stories on top of it? That, 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 that Something seems majorly wrong about that to me. Majorly wrong. And I'm going to sit here and I'm going to try to prove my point here. Like I said, I stopped getting Marvel books because of the pricing issue. Let's see, can I find a Marvel story here? Quickly. Let's go by title instead of alpha. X-23. X-23, 2018. Let's see here. Now, oh, Marvel Spot, they smart. They took the uh, prices off of their digitals. All right, so we need to go to a different website here. Sorry, guys. I went to the wrong website originally. Let's go down to Marvel. Marvel, here we go. Okay. Alright, so maybe Marvel got smart and they lowered the price of their books back down. Um, yeah, it looks like Fantastic Four, number nine, that just came out is $3.99. Doctor Strange is $3.99. Um, it looks like just the trade paperbacks are what's a little bit more expensive. Oh, here we go. Avengers No Road Home, number 6 of 10. Oh, that's a second printing, so that's why it's a dollar more. Uh, Marvel Comics Presents... Is four ninety nine. Uh, Mighty Thor three D number one poly bagged is seven ninety nine, but that's also bagged. Um, so all right, yeah, it looks like maybe Marvel fixed their prices up a little bit. Because for a while there, their books were way more expensive than everybody else's. But all right, so it looks like maybe Marvel learned from their mistake, um, which is good. You know, I mean, that, that that's good. They, they realize that maybe their sales were dropping because their books were too expensive. But, I mean, they're also doing Star Wars. And they're doing, you know, all the Marvel stuff. You know, obviously, they're doing some Disney stuff. They're doing some family titles. You know, so Marvel Comics... 
you know, is definitely doing a lot more publishing. But if you would have looked at the list of DC comics that came out this week, as opposed to the list of Marvel comics that came out this week, and see just how many of those are not just, you know, retailer incentive covers or whatever. The the list of DC as opposed to Marvel is staggering. They're they're flooding the market and definitely, you know, if the books don't sell and they just sit on retailer shelves, you know, those are books that they've already paid for. They have to pay for those books in advance. And if you're selling out of DC Comics every week, which a lot of retailers are because they're ordering small, and then they have a ton of Marvel books left over, and I see it. I see it every week. I see it every week. Maybe there's a story that I want to pick up, or maybe, you know, I forgot about a crossover that I forgot to get the other issue for, or whatever, and I go, hey, do you have this? No, I have to order it. I hear that constantly when stuff like that happens. And maybe it's just because of the comic book stores I go to, but it happens constantly. But then, you know, the the Marvel kid that maybe didn't realize that his story continued in X-Men Gold uh, number 1,498, you know, he walks in and says, hey, do you have X-Men Gold number 1,498? And, you know... The guy behind the counter says, yeah, sure, you know, go grab it off the shelf. It should be on the shelf, you know, and obviously that number is very, very wrong for the issue number, but, you know, I'm just throwing it out there. And I've seen it more times than not, and I go to two different comic book stores, excuse me, because, um, you know, I like the uh, Kevin Eastman covers that he does for the, the TMNT ongoing that... that uh, IDW is doing, and this is the only guy that orders it, so I get it from him, <clears throat> and I also picked up, you know, a couple other books from him that, that my other, that the other store was, was out of, so, you know, I mean, there, there's benefits to going to different comic book stores, and, 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 and I definitely agree with that, and talking to the two owners of these two comic book stores, they're two completely different people. The, the one guy that I get my main, the bulk, main bulk of my stuff from, still reads the Tom King Batman after the issue fifty fiasco. He's not happy about it. He wished that, you know, the one thing that they had consistently advertised about issue fifty would have happened. You know, but he still reads it because the story is very, very good. Um, and then the other guy is just like, you know, f Tom King. You know, Tom King fucked me on sales with issue 50. I'm not reading another thing he's, he's done. I'm not reading his, Mr., you know, I'm, I never finished his Mr. Miracle. I'm not reading Heroes in Crisis. I'm not reading Batman. I'm not reading anything. Two very different personalities there about Batman, you know, about the Batman run. And, you know, the one guy liked the Scott Snyder run. The other guy doesn't like the Scott Snyder run. So, you know, it's very interesting talking to both of these guys about reading um and um things like that. So uh I think we're going to wrap this one up. You know, this one's going to be a little bit shorter than the last one. You know, I guess it was just me bitching about comics, but you know, that is the beauty of money's crazy mind. It's just whatever comes into my head at whatever moment of the day. And like I said, this was this was a, a an impromptu discussion, an impromptu episode that I didn't anticipate doing um but Something happened, and I had to cancel my interview with my original guest. 
and you know he'll be he'll be here that episode will be here next week we're recording it a little bit later on down the road uh this week um and it was my scheduling conflict not his um i ended up scoring some extra hours at a at a job that i uh, a secondary job that i just picked up which so that money is going to pay for the show so shut up um and uh you know, I'm like, hey, dude, we have to reschedule, you know, how's this day? And he said, I'm available all day. So, you know, I'm like, hey, let me get off work. I get off work at this time, blah, blah, blah. You know, and then we'll, 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 we'll chatty chat, chat then. So, but thanks a lot for listening, guys. Uh, you know, and it, it, honestly, honestly, you know, if you guys are as pissed off as me and some of my friends are that Doomsday Clock is constantly being pushed back, and some of these other DC titles are are constantly getting pushed back, especially Batman Damned, a title that should not have been censored. I do not believe in censorship in art whatsoever, whatsoever, which is why I use some of the language that I use on this show. Um, and, uh, um, you know, write letters you know, to the editorial pages. And I know that DC doesn't really have them anymore, but they do have their forum on DC universe and the forum is free. You don't need to pay the seven ninety nine monthly or the seventy nine ninety nine yearly for the forum. You, you can just create a DC universe account and you can go on the forum and you can talk and you can just say doomsday clock, you know, What's going on with Jeff? What's going on? Because, you know, all of his projects, like I said, are, are being held back right now. All of them. You know, so that that's why I'm cutting it a little bit of slack right now. You know, but if it hadn't been an ongoing issue, you know, and, and we hear, you know, all of Jeff John's projects are being, are on hold right now. You know, it would have been like, hey, cool, you know, let the dude take the time he needs, yada, yada. So... But thanks a lot for listening, guys. And uh, you know, if you're if you're as disappointed as I am about Doomsday Clock, go ahead, jump on that DC Universe forum, let them know. But until then, and until Rogers here with us next week for our quarter bin discussion, have a week. So long.